This is Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. Did you see the debate last night? The one broadcast from South Carolina? I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. All I could think of is social justice warriors, critical race theory, pro-abortion anti-Trump people. These are your candidates. These are your choices. And when I look at Democratic frontrunner Comrade Bernie, said that as president of the United States, he would help minority communities start businesses to sell marijuana. That's just what minority communities need right now. More drugs. If you want to know my thoughts on marijuana, you need to read my blog, Terry McCarthy, blah, blah, blog, why I hate marijuana's guts. Sanders said, quote, I do believe that in one day we will change the Federal Controlled Substance Act, which, if you can believe it now, equates heroin with marijuana. And then Comrade Bernie says, That's insane! You know, quite honestly, I think he may have smoked a little weed before the debate. Because what he said next is something only a stoner could ever say. The Democrats' communist candidate promised he would legalize marijuana in all 50 states and work to expunge the records of people who were arrested for pot. Then he says, And I'll tell you what else we're going to do. We're going to provide help to the African-American, Latino, Native American community to start businesses to sell legalized marijuana rather than let a few corporations control the legalized marijuana market. I'm just dumbfounded. I'm just dumbfounded. And then on the stage, and first of all, where are the flags? They never have the American flag on a Democratic Democrat Party debate stage. Where's the flag? I look at something, I go, oh, it must be the debate. There's no flag. That's how I know. That and the, those people, those people. Then there was Biden. And I'm telling you what, he's completely lost his mind. You heard this week, right, that he said, I'm Joe Biden and I'm running for Senate. Bless him. And he said, you know, seriously, He said 150 million Americans have been killed by guns since 2007. Um, Joe, are you off your meds? Do you have one of those Alzheimer's patch thingies? Because there's only 320 million Americans, so that'd be like half our population. And I think we'd all would have noticed if they were gone. Unless maybe you're replacing them secretly by those illegal immigrants. But still, I think I would know. The real stat on that is 1.5 million Americans have been killed by guns since 1968. That's about my lifetime. And nearly half of those were suicide or accidental death. And this is awful. I mean, I hate that I have to use these statistics. But the FBI under Trump released homicide numbers in the United States. And 
Americans killed in violent crime in America are four times more likely to be killed by a knife or stabbed with a sharp object. So there's that. And Mayor Pete, all he ever does is plagiarize Obama's words. And I honestly think that he's been practicing in front of the mirror, listening to Obama's old speeches, because now he sounds exactly like a white guy trying to do an Obama impersonation. And don't be surprised. No, I'm serious. I think Mayor Pete might show up at the big, the next big public event in blackface. And then Warren, bless her heart. And Bloomberg, I think he'll be going on the next uh, big deal. Is going to be next week. He's going to start his own comedy routine and take it on the sh- on the road. He's going to have a road show. Good luck, little man. And who were those other people? No one knows who those other people are. And that's the Democrats' candidate choices. One of those people will run for president of the United States. And as I watch that, I think about all the anti-Trumpers, especially in the Christian community, that make fun of us and tell us that we're horrible, all the elites that tell us that we're ignorant. Who are you going to vote for? Out of that crew, that motley, horrible crew, who would you vote for? Some days I feel dizzy. You know, not from hot flashes or sugar, but from some of the things I hear in person and see on social media. Do you ever wonder what in the world is going on? How am I supposed to navigate in today's swampy waters and alligator-infested bayous? It's tough. It's disheartening. And sometimes it feels downright impossible. Recently, I was talking to a friend about my concerns over Tim Keller's teaching and this new Calvinism and Tim Keller promoting cultural Marxism, clothing itself or cloaking itself in social justice Christianity. She says to me, well, Terry, no one is perfect. No one but Jesus is perfect. Okay, but what about us holding teachers to a higher accountability? And what about judging the words of those teaching us? Aren't we supposed to be discerning? And aren't we supposed to try the spirits? And aren't we supposed to test the spirits? Otherwise, we'd all be just listening to not-so-perfect Benny Hinn. There are limits, right? Last week, like a crazy person, I criticized Madonna, the, the singer, not, not the virgin, because of her comments about any woman who voted for Trump is despicable. Uh, I thought that was ironic, coming from a woman who was arrested in Toronto for simulating masturbation on a stage called me despicable. The Madonna thing was bad, but what was worse was my, my little family member who was mad at me for criticizing Madonna. She, she called me sexist. She said it was a, a sexist thing to say. Really? What? Oh, I don't know. It seems to me, especially among millennials and Gen Zs, that white, middle-class, educated, raised-in-the-church individuals It looks like everybody's just looking for a cause. They're looking for something to fight for. 
They seem very prone to jumping on a bandwagon like the Black Lives Matter or the refugee issues or LGBTQ stuff and pro-pot and legalization. I mean, I think people would rather be doing that feel-good stuff maybe rather than to define and defend the traditional biblical values and beliefs of Christianity. Why is that? Is it just a sign of the times? Or does it get deep? go deeper? Maybe it's because my generation failed to teach the next generation what is true and reasonable and what a Christian worldview really does and how it impacts society and culture and our personal lives. I joined the Christian movement in 1980. Oh my, the things I've seen in these 40 years. I attended churches that taught we needed to make the Christian message relevant. I attended churches that believed strobe lights were good for worship. I attended churches that taught that prosperity was God's will for His bride around the globe. I attended churches that preached healing was always God's will. And you know, it's a miracle that the church has survived with all these erroneous and crazy off-balance teachings all the political systems, the persecution. I mean, the enemy has worked hard to try to annihilate and do away with the body of Christ. Fortunately, he has not succeeded. The church has survived. But one of the things I've realized in watching Christianity in my, my lifetime is that what one generation does in moderation, the next generation does in excess. And what I mean by this is there's a whole generation of young believers who've never been taught how to rightly divide the Word of God and whose home churches spend more money on entertaining them and trying to make them happy than they ever did in training them to develop a Christian worldview of all life and living. So you see, I think maybe with all of this Bernie Sanders junk, we're just reaping what we've sown. Why do you think young evangelicals raised in the church support Bernie Sanders? Maybe because they think he stands for everything they believe in, like socialism, social justice, legalized pot. Yeah, I think it could actually be that simple. Sadly for those who rhapsodize about injustice without seeking purity of mind and heart, don't realize the inconsistencies. For those who say they just want to follow Jesus and his teachings, but not acknowledge the fact that Jesus said he was the only way, or that Jesus preached against sexual sin, and actually Jesus taught against overtaxing people. I'm afraid Christianity in America has become quite anemic. I know it's harder for me to walk with God here than anywhere else. When I'm overseas, On the mission field, I have a vibrant, strong, really deep connection with the Lord. But when I come back to the States, I just start losing my passion and become very anemic. Why do you think that is? Maybe because I'm so self-sufficient. I don't have to pray my way to the grocery store. And there's always so much to anesthetize myself with here. Food, TV, more food, more TV. (laughs) I have uh, lots of ways to escape 
when I live in America. Oh, we've gotten so off balance as the church. Why do I need to be careful about what I see on TV or in the movies? Sometimes I think maybe we have a whole generation that cares more about the poor and the marginalized than what they're watching or listening to. I think it's important how I spend my time. But I think as long as I'm fighting for the underdog, I feel good about myself and I don't have to worry about my intimate relationship with Jesus, my personal relationship with Jesus, or being personally responsible for what the Word requires of me. After all, my personal activities aren't really relevant as long as I believe in good causes. How I spend my money is not really that important as long as I decry injustice. As long as I call out people as sexists or fascists or hypocrites, it's all good because hashtag love wins. <laughs> Unfortunately, we become a people that believe it's more righteous to criticize and protest against good vetting of refugees, protest against immigration reform, or more righteous to stand up and speak for women's choice because anything is better, anything is more virtuous than a conservative or traditional view of life and traditional values. Anything is better than living out a faith which requires clean hands, a clean heart, and a pure mind. You see, we've become a church that would rather cry out against the treatment of the marginalized, the poor, than to look biblically and honestly at the sins that hold us in bondage. And that's why we can have an entire church service called Reconciliation Sunday and throw out a verse about what Jesus would do in today's world, but not truly understand the basic principles of protecting life and pursuing holiness. Lord Jesus, help us to know and recognize what is really good and what is really true and what is really beautiful. Well, this has been Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. I hope you'll join me tomorrow. Later this week, I'm going to be looking at Bernie Sanders, the death to the American dream. But until then, I hope you have a great day. I hope that you love God, love your family, and love your nation, and live in peace. <music>